You're listening to Warsaw Evangelical Presbyterian Church's podcast. We'd love to worship with you today. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Aaron Klein. How many of you have ever felt the weight and the fatigue and the weariness that comes in life and that comes from the fatigue of broken relationships? I'm going to share with you a story this morning. It's a story that I'm going to share with you over the course of the next two weeks. It's a story of pain, but also one of redemption. And if you miss out on next week, you will miss out on the power of the gospel and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever experienced the pain and the weight of relationships? Relationships where you feel that weariness, the burden of carrying it. You have sleepless nights. You have restless days. You spend hours upon hours thinking about things, fretting over things. How many of you have lost sleep at night because of the weariness and the brokenness and the fatigue that you feel? You know, when we were planting our church in Florida, as a church plant, you will take just about anybody who walks through your doors. You are desperate for people. And of course, people come from all different kinds, all different backgrounds. And so sometimes you have people who have absolutely no church background, but they're carrying baggage. And it's baggage of hurts, and it's baggage of fatigue, and it's weight. And they're coming, and they're just looking for somebody to love them and to care for them. And maybe have somebody offer some answers for what it is that they're feeling. Other times, you have people from a churched background, but maybe they've been hurt. And maybe they've been wounded. Or maybe they're just wanting to try something new. And maybe they have an entrepreneurial or visionary spirit, and so they want to join you in that way. Other times, you have people who maybe come out of a church and they want to make your church in their own image. You know, but when you're a church planter, you want everybody. Now, I'm not saying that this one family that I'm going to tell you about falls into any one of those categories. It's really simply a reminder that all of us carry baggage. We all have baggage that we deal with every single day when we come into the life of the church. And some of us have baggage that we're carrying with each other. And so the question is, how are we going to deal with the pain and the hurt and the fatigue that we feel? I think that's why it's so important for us in these weeks where we're meeting together, where we can lean into what does it mean for us to be a church body? That though we may sometimes feel fatigued, that we can deal with one another in truth and in grace, knowing that we all carry pain, we all carry baggage. In this one particular context, though, this family had come, and they were a very spiritually mature family, very well-versed in Scripture, had ties with John Piper, just very deep in their faith. We quickly invested into them. They quickly invested into us. And very quickly, we put them in places of leadership. However, after time, it felt like something was perhaps just a little off. Every 
single decision that I made as a pastor was called into question. At least that's the way it felt. Because every time somebody would fill the pulpit for me, if I wasn't there, there would be questions about it. Every time I would try to put somebody in places of leadership, there would be questions about it. Every decision that I made just felt like there were questions that would be generated as a result. And as a result, we would have sometimes two hours, and in one case, an eight-hour meeting at their house. And here's what I found is I am not afraid of the questions. As pastors and leaders, we should be able to explain the reasoning why we make the decisions that we make. But after a while, you just start to wonder, why are there so many questions? And I just, I can't seem to put my finger on it. And here's the problem is over time, I started to care more about what they thought than what God thought. When I would preach, I cared more about what they thought about what I was preaching than what God thought about what I was preaching. Now, here's the thing. That's not on them. That's not me. Because that's my own baggage, right? That's my own insecurities about why would I care more about what other people think than what God thinks of me. And so that reveals a, a part of me that I need to be aware of. There's a learning there in that for me. But over time, I just started to have those questions. And so what I ended up doing was I knew that they had, uh, where they had come from previously, about an hour away. And so I, I reached out to that, that pastor. Said, hey, I'd love to get together. Didn't tell them anything. Nothing about the situation at all. So, you know, I'm new to the area. You're new to the area. You're a church planner. I'm a church planner. Like, I want to know. So met together. Talked about life. Talked about ministry. Got to know them a little bit. Didn't talk about the situation at all. Simply said, after a while, do you know this family? I won't tell you what he said. He just said, you need to be very careful. And, uh, you know, on the one hand, there's a relief because you're thinking, okay, maybe it's not just me. Maybe there is more to it. But then what happened is, you know, I said, well, I need to sit down with them. And so I said, okay, I need to sit down and just share some of what I'm sensing. Maybe there's some pride, there's something there, and I want to talk with them about it. And so we sat down and we talked about it. I shared with them what was on my heart. It did not go well. Uh, it generated uh, letters and emails back and forth. I'm going to tell you, have you ever had that where you just feel like, I mean, every single email that went back and forth, I would spend hours and days fretting over every single word. I can't tell you how many sleepless nights we had in, in these interactions. Because I, I would write it, and I'd pray about it. And I'd wake up, and I'd rewrite it. And then I'd go to sleep, I'd pray about it, talk about it again. It would take days. And, and so this would be it. I mean, every single communication, because you're thinking, I don't want anything to be misconstrued. And so you're going back and forth in this. And in the process, you're trying to bring in other people. So I'm talking with church, other church pastors, other mentors and, and coaches and people in our network and, and people just asking, you know, hey, look, this is what's going on in the situation. How do you think I need to handle this? What, what do you think is going on? I included some of the elders in our church, though I have to admit, uh, this is a shortcoming. The problem was this was also an elder in the church. And so how do you navigate that in a way that is both loving and Christ honoring? They still came to the church, but things were just, it was just broken. 
And uh, eventually it came to a head when they, they sent out a letter to the entire congregation. They said, we don't want to take a, a, a private matter and make it public. But this is what we see happening. Now, you know, th this goes out all of a sudden. I didn't know. And all of a sudden you get, start getting phone calls. And most people were like, oh, man, no, don't, you know, you don't need to worry about it. But let's be honest, right? The damage is done. It's it done personally. It's done corporately. How, I mean, you feel the fatigue of relationships. Now, here's the thing. I recognize that perhaps I was not as Christ-loving, God-honoring, spiritually mature as I could have been. But you need to come next week. Because I want you to hear about how God is the restorer. But I'm going to guess I'm not alone. How many of us feel the weight and the burden, the feeling of fatigue? See, some of you right now are experiencing a weight, right? And maybe it's a weight that you have in your marriage, and it's fatigue that you have, and, and you've been talking about it, and you have sleepless nights on the couch as a result of it, and you're talking to a counselor, and you're talking to a pastor, and things just don't seem to be getting better. You just feel like constantly these conversations are negative con conversations, and you can't seem to get out of what we might call the demon dialogue. It's just all the things that are wrong with each other. And so what? You feel the weight, and you feel the fatigue of your relationships, and so what do you do? You put that in your backpack. Maybe some of you are experiencing a brokenness with a child, or brokenness in a relationship with a sibling. And it's something where maybe you've said things that you regret. Maybe they've said things that they regret. And maybe they've said things that they don't regret at all. And you're thinking to yourself, we just have to put up with each other. Somehow we've got to make it through Christmas. We've got to make it through this next family gathering. Whatever it is, you feel the weight of that relationship. Maybe for some of you, it's a coworker. Maybe somebody that you work with on a constant basis. Maybe it's somebody who lives next door, a neighbor, and they're constantly telling you about what you do wrong, what could be better, how your house could look nicer. I don't know, whatever it is, but you feel that there is this person in your life, that neighbor, that coworker, someone, and you just feel that weight. And so you carry that around with you as well. Maybe some of you this morning are feeling the weight and the burden. It's just after Christmas and the kids are now finally back at school and how good it is that they're finally back at school. But guess what? Now I got to run them everywhere. And I'm just feeling the weight and the fatigue of just being a parent and trying to navigate home and trying to navigate work and trying to navigate just family. And you just feel that weight. Whatever it is, how many of you are carrying the fatigue around in your backpack. And the thing is, is you and I go around and we spend 
so much time focusing on the things that are wrong. Oh. And we carry these weights around with us. And how many of you are carrying, oh, I should have practiced this more, huh? How many of you are carrying these weights around with you, right? It's these burdens that we carry, the fatigue that we feel. But this is it, right? This is how you function. And this morning, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about how do you and I come to Jesus who says, I want to take the burdens that you're carrying, the fatigue and the weight that you are feeling. And I want to make your burdens so much lighter. And so this morning, we're going to be spending some time talking about what do we do and where do we go when we have the feeling of fatigue. And to help us with this, we're actually going to be looking at uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 11 together. And we're going to be looking at verses that are very familiar to many of us. Verses 25 to 30. But here's what I pray. I pray that as you hear these words, that God is going to reveal something new to you today about what it means to take our burdens, the feelings that we carry, the fatigue that we have in life, and especially in relationships, and to make those so much lighter. Now, as you're turning to Matthew chapter 11, here's what I want to do. I want to give you just a little bit of background so you understand the context of what it is that we're going to be reading together. What you have to remember is that just prior to what we're about to read, Jesus is making his way through the towns of Galilee. He's preaching. He's calling people to repent. He's telling, he's healing them. He's performing signs and wonders. But what happens? The people refuse to repent. Notice what it says in verse 20. It says, Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Can you imagine the fatigue that Jesus perhaps was feeling in the midst of these relationships? He's pouring out his heart to them. He's performing these incredible miracles, and yet, what do they do? They reject him. Now, in Matthew chapter 12, immediately after what we're going to read together, Jesus encounters some teachers of the law, some Pharisees, and some scribes. And what do they do? They're adding on all of these extra things that they are supposed to do. And what are they doing? He's, they're denouncing Jesus because his disciples are picking grain on the Sabbath. What is it that they say? Matthew chapter 12, verse 2 says, When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Now, here's what's interesting. Sandwiched between the perhaps fatigue that Jesus would have felt in these relationships, whether it's with, whether it's with scribes and, and Pharisees, or whether it's the people that he's encountering, is this section that says, what do I do when I'm feeling fatigued? And so if you've got your Bibles ready, let's read it together, verses 25 through 27. Notice what it says. It says, at that time, 
right? So after all these things that happened at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Would you pray with me? Gracious Lord, your word is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, would you cut through the clutter when it comes to our relationships? Lord, the fatigue that we feel. Help us to be reminded that, Lord, you are in control, that you are sovereign, and that you are the burden lifter. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I wanted us to see, what is it that Jesus does when he feels fatigued? Notice right away, if you're going to take notes and follow along, it's this, that when we feel fatigued, we need to go to the Father. When you're fatigued, you go to the Father. Now, notice, what does Jesus do when he goes to the Father? It's, he says this, he praises the Father. Jesus praises the Father. He says, look, Father, these are the things that I am experiencing, the painful seasons that I'm walking through with these people. But God, I praise you because I know that you are in control. You are sovereign. You take things that should be made known to adults and you make them known to children. You know, how many of us have experienced that when we are feeling the fatigue of relationships? We hold on to it. By the way, our children seem to be different about this. Uh, I think about when, especially when our kids were younger, but sometimes still today this will happen. When our kids were younger, they would tell us about how, you know, little Jimmy or Johnny was mean to them. And then they would say, but they're still my friend. And, and you would be like, uh, look, real friends don't do that to one another. Because as adults, we hold on to the things that people do that are wrong. But our kids, they would talk about their positive qualities. They would praise them. They'd say, oh, no, they're still my friend because of this or because of that. And you're like, well, wait a second. But I want us to see how our kids were able to focus on things that you and I as adults, we don't always focus on. Here's the thing. When we focus on what's wrong, we become overwhelmed. We become fatigued. You know, one of the things that you've heard me say before is that praise keeps protest at bay. When we praise the Father for what he has done, when we praise the Father for his goodness, all of a sudden, there's no room in my life to protest. When our children praise the good qualities that they still see in people who have hurt them, what? They're able to focus on the good rather than what's wrong. They're, they're able to praise 
and it keeps the protest that we as adults might feel at bay. And I think that there is something about that, that when you and I come and give these things over to the Lord and to praise him, even in the midst of our fatigue, that it begins to change our mindset and the way in which we look at the situation. So Jesus praises the Father. Notice what else he does. He remembers the Father. He says he remembers the Father. He remembers that even though there are those who are rejecting him, even though there are those to whom he has poured out his life to and don't want anything to do with him, even though there are those who are accusing him of wrongdoing, he says, God, I know that there, nothing that's happening to me is out of your control. God, you are sovereign. You notice that there is a depth to the relationship. There is an intimacy here. And because of that intimacy, there is trust. There's the ability to move forward and to be able to say, God, I know that you are in control. And what that tells me is though I may have seasons where I feel the pain and the fatigue and the frustration of relationships, I know that God is sovereign over it all, that God has a plan for me, and that God is going to comfort me. And to know that God is going to reveal to me in his time what his plan is, ah, now I can take my fatigue, my burdens, and I can give them over to the Lord. How many of us get so tired of carrying these burdens around that we need to say, but Lord Jesus, I'm going to give these burdens and I'm going to give these fatigues over to you. And when you and I do that, it's Jesus who lightens the load. How good it is to know that we can come to the Father again and again and again and know that it is he who will take the burdens that we are carrying and he will make them, oh, so much lighter. Notice a second thing. We need to come to Jesus. It says we need to come to Jesus. Notice, by the way, what it says in verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, you and I worry about so many things. Experts would say that, you know, the things that we worry about they're not going to happen. But we allow those fears, we allow those worries to, to weigh us down. And we feel the burden, we feel the fatigue. Experts say, by the way, 40% of the things that we worry about are not going to happen. It's not going to come true. You think it's going to happen, you think it's going to come true, but at least 40% of the things that you fear that keep you up at night, not going to happen. 30% of the things that you worry about is stuff that happened in the past. But because it happened in the past, you are certain that it's going to happen in the future. And so those things keep you awake at night. But think about it. 70% of the things, they're just not going to happen. But we fear it. And we worry about it. And we carry these burdens. They say 12% of the things we worry about are the criticism of others. 
what other people have said about us, even if it's untrue, we worry about it. 10% of the things that may be related to health. And so, you know, we, we, which we're not in control of, and so we worry about that. About 8% of the things they say that we worry about are things that will probably come true. But, you know, if you think about the 10% that, that, that are happen in relationships, you know, the things that people say about us, the things that we may feel that are, are untrue, but they weigh us down. The problem is that we, when we feel the weight of the world, try to carry our own weights instead of bringing our burdens and bringing our cares and our concerns before the Lord. We carry these things because we carry them in our own insecurity, in our own uncertainty. And because we're uncertain, sometimes we're like, God, are you going to come through? And because we're insecure, what do we do? We try to carry these things on our own. But the reality is that you and I walk around breeding an environment that we were never intended to carry. You know, you think about um, where we've been over the past couple of years, you know, you talk about breeding an environment, uh, 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 germs, right? You know, when, when you think about that, what do you do? You try to mitigate the spread. You do as much as you can. And so when it comes to the fatigue and it comes to the weights that we're carrying, why do we allow breeding grounds a lot of times in our own minds of the things that probably will not happen? Instead, Jesus says to give these things over to me. And when we give these things over to Jesus, what happens? Oh, guess what? Now, the load that we are carrying is, oh, so much lighter. Now, the thing is, how do we do that? Notice, Jesus says, come to me. So if, if you want your load to become lighter, Jesus says, first of all, you have to come to me. To all who are experiencing disunity, Jesus says, come. To all who are experiencing fatigue, Jesus says, come. To all who are experiencing weariness, Jesus says, come. You know, I've heard it said the Christian life can really be summed up with three commands. Come to me. Follow me. Abide in me. When we come to Jesus, when we follow Jesus, when we abide in Jesus, you and I can find rest for our weary souls. Notice, by the way, Jesus does not say, come to church and you will find rest for your souls. We want that to happen when we gather together, but it's not about finding a religion, right? Come to religion and you will find rest for your weary souls. Jesus says, come to me. You know, all the other faiths of the world, right, that, that require us to follow certain laws, pray a certain number of times a day, erect shrines in our homes. No, it's not, it's not about a religion, right? It's not about rules. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And when Jesus says, come to me, what do we have to do? We have to respond. You know, you think about it. When, when, I, when you receive an invitation to a wedding, an RSVP, right? French for respond, please. You know, if on that card to the wedding, by the way, it doesn't say yes, no, and maybe, right? You know, the, the, the bride and groom want to know, are you going to be there? And it's either yes, I'm going to be there, or no. And that's the same with Jesus. Jesus wants yes or no, not well, maybe. I'll try if I can make it. You know, if it works into my schedule, I'll be there. No, Jesus says, come to me. And, and notice, by the way, when that invitation to come, whenever we have somebody in our house, and they respond to the invitation. When they walk through the door, what do I ask them? Can I take your coat? Can I take your hat? See, when Jesus says, come to me, and we respond, and we respond to the invitation with the yes, and then he says, oh, guess what? I want your weight. I want your burdens. I want the things that you are carrying. And guess what we can do? We can take the burdens that we're feeling, the weights that we're carrying, and we can place them at Jesus' feet. And so that's what we do. It, we, we come to Jesus, and he takes the weights that we carry, and he makes them so much lighter. Notice second, we yoke ourselves to Jesus. You yoke yourself to Jesus. Now, I fully recognize in our society today, we don't really know what it means to, like, yoke things, right? Because, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, you would have talked to a farmer, and they'd be like, okay, I know what that is. Around the world, though, they still use yokes, right? If they haven't been, like, industrialized, right? Modernized. Now, here's the interesting thing. I don't know if you knew this, but when you yoke two animals together, you harness one animal. And so when Jesus says, you know what? Take my yoke upon you. And what they would do when they would yoke two animals together is oftentimes they would take an older, wiser ox and pair it with a younger, stronger ox. This way, the older, wiser one that knew the commands of the farmer would be able to lead. And the younger, stronger ox would be able to do the majority of the pulling. By the way, did you know that yokes also were custom made for the animal that would use it? You think of Jesus being a carpenter. Would, would he have ever built a yoke? But think, you know, Jesus says, I want to be your yoke. Yoke yourself to me. And because I'm wiser, I'm stronger, and then you're going to take on my weight, my yoke, which is so much easier and so much lighter. By the way, you and I, we carry fatigues, we carry weights, and they may be unique to you. But Jesus says, I want it all. I want the feelings that you are carrying around with you. And when we come to Jesus and yoke ourselves to him, guess what happens? 
we get a load that is so much lighter. Third, we learn from Jesus. We learn from him. Jesus says what? Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And so just like a younger ox might learn from that older ox, Jesus is saying, I want you to learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Some of you this morning are wearing a yoke today, but it's not the yoke that Jesus offers. It's your own pain, your own hurt, your own fatigue. You and I focus on the pace of life. We focus on what's wrong in our relationships, and we experience this disunity, this disharmony, and we feel the weight and the fatigue. But here's the thing is, Jesus is saying, you are carrying a weight that you were never designed to carry on your own. Jesus wants us to take on his yoke, which is a yoke of peace, a yoke of harmony. Isaiah 66, 13 says this. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. and You will be comforted over Jerusalem. When you and I do that, we can take the load, the weight that we've been carrying and we can give these things over to Jesus. And we will find rest for our weary souls. Now, how do we do that? Now, we're, we're, we keep coming back to the same theme, right? Like this idea of coming to Jesus, yoking our lives to Jesus. But this is really it. What we find is it's about yoking your life to Jesus. Jesus yoked his life in perfect communion with the Father and with the Spirit. Right, The tri-unity, this amazing picture of the intimacy that we see that existed in the Trinity itself. And what we find is Jesus is saying, I want you to yoke yourself into this intimate relationship that we have with each other. I want you to be able to experience it. You know, the only other time that the word yoke is used in Scripture in a spiritual sense is in Galatians. And Paul is telling them, look, you are yoking yourselves to a slavery that you were not designed to carry because you are adding to the things that it means to follow Jesus Christ with all these extra rules and all these extra regulations, following the laws that the Pharisees are trying to lay out. No, you are yoking yourself to Jesus. That is what matters. And when we yoke ourselves to Jesus, he takes our load and he makes it so much lighter. When we yoke ourselves to Jesus as individuals, whatever fatigue that you are feeling, whatever it is that you are carrying, Jesus says, I, I want to make that lighter. Maybe today some of you are experiencing a disunity or disharmony with somebody else in the life of the church. And what Jesus is saying is, look, together you need to yoke yourself to me. And you learn from me. And then what I'm going to be able to do is I'm going to be able to bring healing to those relationships. Maybe you're experiencing a disunity in your marriage. But again, it's saying, I'm not going to focus on what's wrong with you. I'm going to praise what's right about you. Sometimes as a pastor, as a counselor, I'll say to people, instead of just focusing on what's wrong, hey, say something that what's right about your spouse. What are the things that you love about them? To be able to change the conversation 
Maybe you're experiencing, you know, a disunity with a family member or a relative, and it's to be able to say, you know, as I yoke myself to Jesus, as I come to him, he's going to help me to see you differently. Or perhaps he's going to lead you to a place where we're going to be talking about together next week of how we apologize to those whom we've hurt and where we get to experience the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. See, I want you to understand that in the end, what we're doing is we're taking our burdens and we're placing them at the foot of the cross. This is what Jesus desires from us. To take the burdens, to take the weight, to take the feeling of fatigue. And to give these things over to Jesus. And I know that there's work that's involved in that, right? It's not just simply, oh, I'll give it to you, Jesus, and it's all over, right? There's, there's the hard work of relationships. Of asking for forgiveness, seeking forgiveness. Seeking to live together in unity. Brother people, I, I don't know what it is that you are experiencing, the fatigue that you feel in relationships. But here's what I pray. That together this morning, we are yoking our lives to the living Lord Jesus Christ. And that as we give him our fatigue, give him our burdens, we get to take on his load, which is so much lighter. I pray that we take our burdens and we say, Lord Jesus, here's my life. Here's the weight I carry. Would you make my load lighter? But it starts with answering Jesus' call. Come to me. Let's pray. Gracious Lord Jesus, we do not want to allow a moment to pass Or perhaps, Lord, there are those here this morning who have never yoked their life to you. And Lord, this morning, you are calling them. You are beckoning them. Saying, I love you. And I love you so much that I would give my life for your brokenness and sin. So that, Lord, we may experience eternal life. God, we pray that if anyone here has never said yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that this would be the moment where, Lord, you lift the burdens that so weigh them down. And for others of us this morning, Lord, we we feel the weight of the fatigue of relationships and the brokenness that we may be experiencing there. God, where we need to seek reconciliation, may we seek it. Lord, where reconciliation may or may not be possible, but as far as it depends on us, Lord, we want to live at peace with everyone. Lord, help us to seek that out. But also help us to know that we can't do it in our own power, in our own strength, that, Lord Jesus, we need to give it over to you. And so this morning, maybe we've been carrying things for too long on our own, and today we just need to say, 
Lord Jesus, I, I, give, I give my fear, I give my pain, I give my worry, give it all over to you. And I pray, Lord, that this is a day where we experience the freedom that is in Jesus Christ. Lord, freedom to live for you, to show your love to those we encounter. Lord, would you build us up, strengthen us as individuals, strengthen us together as a church, so that, Lord, we may boldly proclaim your love to every person that we encounter because you first loved us. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If you were encouraged by this message, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And check out our other discussions and messages. To learn more about Warsaw Evangelical Presbyterian Church's worship services, ministries, and events, visit us online at warsawpresby.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you again for joining us and have a blessed day. Thank you.